Hello and welcome to this Bottom Line podcast special on Amplitude 2019, the conference on disruptive innovation on November 6th, 2019. And we've chosen four key pillars to look at under the conference this year. So we're going to have future health, we're going to have smart energy, precision agriculture, and we're also going to be looking at design and engineering. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to come together as a single conference and display all our capabilities. There's a plethora of research centres, researchers, and then there's even a broader ecosystem that the two institutes have in terms of engagement with Enterprise Ireland, the IDA, the local enterprise office, uh, innovation centres, all across the region. Amplitude. It's a term that has a number of definitions. In physics, it's the maximum extent of vibration or oscillation. In astronomy, it covers the angular distance of a celestial object from true east or west. But we're talking about amplitude as it applies to business. Over the next four podcasts, we'll be talking about Amplitude, the conference. Amplitude 2019 is the title of an exciting conference that is taking place in Kilkenny on November 6th. I'm John Purcell, and I present the Bottom Line Business Programme on KCLR. And for the next four episodes, I'm delighted to be bringing you this series of special edition podcasts on Amplitude 2019. This is the second year of the event, which is led by the Technology Transfer Offices and Research Centres from Waterford Institute of Technology and Institute of Technology Carlo. This year, Amplitude is also supported by Purdy Lucy and Kilkenny County Council. Now, Amplitude 2019 offers a unique opportunity for companies, particularly multinationals and SMEs, to understand the complex world of collaboration with research and accessing large funding pots. This year, Amplitude focuses on four industrial areas, precision agriculture, future health, smart energy and manufacturing, engineering and design. The conference boasts a truly impressive list of speakers, including experts from UPMC International, Smart Agri Hubs Ireland, as well as Horizon 2020, VHI, Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, Science Foundation of Ireland and the National Development Research Centre, all along with Enterprise Ireland, IDA, Knowledge Transfer Ireland and the Department of Health. They'll all be there and sharing their experience and insights. The conference is seeking to enable participants to understand how relatively easy it is to collaborate with an IoT partner in the areas of research, innovation, support and the sourcing of funding streams. Over the next few weeks in this podcast series, we'll be looking in detail at the industries, the themes and the issues across the four areas featured at the conference and we'll be speaking to some of the key contributors. If you're interested in attending, already you can can check out the website amplitude.ie or you can click on the show notes in the podcast on which you're listening. Click on the link which will bring you straight through to the site and don't forget the key date is November the 6th next. In this episode I'm delighted to be talking to three people who all have a very special interest in the themes and the industries taking part in Amplitude 2019. Earlier on I spoke to James Sullivan the manager of the technology transfer office in WIT, Ashling O'Neill, who's Arc Labs manager, and Pat Lynch, director and founder of Rycon. I spoke first to Ashling, who is MC for Amplitude on November 6th, and I asked her what she was most looking forward to in the event. 
So I suppose what's wonderful about Amplitude, we're in our second year now and we've chosen four key pillars to look at under the um, conference this year. So we're going to have future health, we're going to have smart energy, precision agriculture, and we're also going to be looking at design and engineering as well. So there's going to be a broad spectrum of themes throughout the day um, and really, really interesting um, speakers in each of those domains, as well as showing all of the capacity of both WIT and IT Carlo to support businesses within those And areas. James, um, talk to us a bit about the kind of origination of the idea and the regional bit of it. Yeah, so obviously the Institutes of Technology in the region, both Carlo and ourselves, we provide services to companies and they can be consultancy services, research and development services. But really what we wanted to do is for both institutes to come together to really um, display to the companies how we can be an extension of their R&D capability. So one of the key purposes of academic institutes like ourselves is to service companies. And you know we felt that it was a little bit fragmented possibly for companies. They didn't really see the message. So this is a wonderful opportunity for us to come together as a single conference and display all our capabilities. So between us, we have four technology gateways that service those functional areas that Ashling discussed. And the gateways then will describe the types of services, the types of offerings, and give case studies which can represent companies the types of things they might see in the future from, from the institutes. And Pat, RICON, um, you know, I've known of RICON for many years, but it's part of a whole ecosystem of stuff in, in the southeast. Talk to us a bit about the ecosystem and the challenges of increasing awareness of it and get more people turned on to the ecosystem, I suppose. Yeah, John, um, I suppose like we're very fortunate in the southeast because, like as James just uh, kind of highlighted, like we have four phenomenal technology gateways across both institutions. Uh, also, then there's a plethora of uh, research centres, researchers, and then there's even a broader ecosystem that the two institutes have in terms of engagement with Enterprise Ireland, the IDA, the local enterprise office, uh, innovation centres, all across the region. And I suppose what this uh, allows us to do is it allows a company to kind of come into one destination in Kilkenny and uh, at amplitude and it can, in one uh, building and in one center it can actually then engage with all these uh, different uh, elements of the innovation ecosystem and not only just engage like walking around they can actually be directed well this is more suited to you we can help you here do you really should talk to your local enterprise office uh, to arc labs to tssg or design plus in car so what it does is it brings all this ecosystem into one location on one day and so it's a phenomenal opportunity for organizations because sometimes it can be look very vast yeah people um, spend a lot of their time kind of rushing around with their phones on with their heads down going sorry i can't talk to you right now it's important Ashling. maybe you can all kind of chip in but it's important for entrepreneurs mm. and people trying to drive companies to kind of think a bit horizontally as well as vertically and not just in their own silos what do you think of that Absolutely, John. So from my perspective, my background is looking at entrepreneurs' networks and how they develop for entrepreneurs to build their businesses within regional economies. And what we've seen within that is that while there's huge benefit of clustering within your own discipline and domain, the diversity of thought and perspective that comes from 
composing your personal network and your professional network with diverse um, companies and, and, and people with diverse experiences just gives you a, a broader um, appreciation of opportunities and I suppose different ways to look at challenges that you might face and, and solutions that you can come up with as a res- result of that. And are people a bit shy about that, Pat, in your experience? Okay. You know, are people kind of a bit reserved, kind of going like, oh, my company now, I just keep doing what I'm doing, I don't want to... Yeah, and I, th- I think we're all, I think we can all be like that in yeah. our uh, personal. And like, you know, it's important for us, like, you know, you could be managing a very successful company, you could be managing an organization for years and years, uh, you know, and you're doing things and you think you're doing it correct and you're busy and everything else. But then there's a whole plethora of uh, individuals and researchers from other organizations and researchers from the institutes that can possibly show you even a better way to do things. And I think that's what this can do. It can open your mind to different engagements of how to do business. So, you know, you might be struggling with one aspect, and no matter what it is, even if it's project management, ICT, if it's energy or manufacturing, it doesn't really matter. There's someone there that you can go and have a chat to. And actually, more important, someone there that's actually interested in having a chat with you and about your company and everything else. And it just allows you to even think. So even if people come along for the day and explore what's actually in their region, on their doorstep, it'll be a good day for that person because they mightn't utilise it that day, but they definitely might utilise it in the future. And it's just opening those doors. And and James, um, you're a practitioner who has an understanding of the commercialisation process from from an idea to to taking it live, I suppose. Talk to us a bit about that process, and maybe you'd all chip in then, yeah. as to someone's got an idea, you know, I want to change the world with this product or company yeah. or service, but I don't know where to start. How can you help them, and how can you all help and, them? And so that's exactly the remit of the institutes, Carlo and WIT, to help people with that uh, process. So essentially what we often do is someone comes into us with an idea, a concept, and one of the first things we might do is try and um, understand the feasibility of it. Is it practical? Can it actually happen from a marketing perspective? And so they might engage with a company like Rikon, sorry, um, a research institute like Rikon, and look at the market aspect. So what would the commercial model be, even before we engage from a technical perspective? And then as we move through that feasibility, we might look at the technical aspects through the likes of Design Plus or through TSSG or SEAM or PMB or C. So when the gateways gateways may develop what's called a minimal viable prototype, which is really just to test it in the market. And then from there, decisions can be made as to whether it's worth patenting, protecting the technology, and moving into a commercial product. So there's a very well-defined process, and there are lots of support entities within the industries that can help you move along that process. Um, And do you have to be a starter business, or can you be in a business that wants to develop a new stream of income or a new product or are there hard and fast rules no, in relation No, there's to absolutely that? no rules in relation to who you have to be. So we get guys walking in off the street that um, are have no business behind them. They're just a sole entrepreneur and we can put them on specialist programs such as New Frontiers, which helps them shape their ideas. And even under those programs, we can fund part of their time. So we might be able to fund them for a number of weeks, like 12 weeks, to help them develop their concept up to a point where they can pitch to investors. You can be a multinational, like some of the large multinationals in the region. You can come into us with a simple problem. It doesn't need to be a new product. So often companies come in, they have a very small problem. They just don't know how to solve that problem. And we have mechanical expertise, uh, computer expertise, uh, pharmaceutical expertise. 
invariably we will have touched on some problem like that before and we can help you solve that problem pretty quick. Um, Pat, can you give us, you've worked through Rycom with uh, loads of different companies over the years. Can you give us an example of somebody, you know, make alive what James is talking about there? I, I can and, um, and I know they won't mind me um, uh, mentioning them because um, they've uh, said it in public domains themselves. Uh, a local organisation here, Caltech Engineering, um, who actually has engaged with um, ourselves uh, originally, uh, where we looked at their business models, their strategies, and then we came up with a kind of like a kind of like a core uh, kind of product and strategy that they could do. Then they engaged with Seam uh, Technology Gateway on materials, and Seam saved them absolutely. I'm not even going to mention the amount of money that they saved. And now they're working with TSSG and Rycon in terms of data enabled. What we're actually doing is we're going in and we're making their processes even more efficient. This is a very successful company now, um, not, not wholly from our engagement, but what it does is it allows us to transfer knowledge and expertise and allows the company then to do what they are absolutely brilliant at, which is their job. And how nitty-gritty do you get in a process like that? Very nitty-gritty, like, you know, walking on uh, factory floors, uh, up in, like, ha- sleeves rolled up. Like, the engineers and the researchers and the organizations it's a pure partnership it's not about hey here you go here's this take it and run with it you know like what we want from a wit perspective and from a uh, it carlo is that we want the company to succeed because the more success stories that are out there the more our region uh, it's all rising boats in yeah, essence yeah. yeah and so. ashling networks your particular area of expertise they're very powerful but mm-hmm. are people aware of the power of their networks or how to unlock their networks or unlock or how to enter into existing mm-hmm. networks i think i think probably the um appreciation of the value of networks isn't fully understood um you've got people who would engage very extensively within within networks and not even just formal networks you know like the informal networks that we make throughout our our careers are really really valuable um, the kind of feedback that you can get but certainly what what I think we need to start looking at is that kind of regional perspective on on networks and integrating the role, roles of the institutes of technology the innovation capacity that we have here into the, the kind of arsenal that that each company has in at their disposal in the region yeah, yeah. something really interesting that we've just introduced uh, with TSSG I worked with TSSG over the summer on um, a design sprint um, process whereby we got in, uh, it was in the, the ag tech domain, and we got in a local farmer to discuss the problems that he's having, right? So like James is saying, mm-hmm. there, there's no need for a specific new um, product necessarily. What's, what's really valuable when we're engaging with these companies is looking at what are the problems that you're facing in your day-to-day working life? And it's through that that you'll actually come up with the solutions that are going to be the most meaningful um, and that that through the institutes, we can develop the technologies to support those solutions. And presumably talking about networks, like looking at each of your biogs on on the website and so on in advance of today, you've all got huge experience working with dozens of companies. And you presumably then, if people start working with you guys, then they tap into that network. So you can actually go, oh, well, there's a company here in Kilkenny that maybe you and Waterford should be doing because you both have a common problem or else you're both tapping into the market. Talk to us about that. I, I can just say that, um, you know, uh, like there, WIT and, and Car- like there's 
it, it, to describe it even as like a whole ecosystem network because it's a mixture of policy uh, like Enterprise Ireland, IDA, innovation centres, you have all the research centres and then it's the connectivity to local, uh, regional, national and international organisations that we can actually link companies up and um, and it's it's ongoing on a continuous I would say daily basis uh, James Ashton isn't it that like we're constantly linking companies up with one another uh, bringing introducing them and not just even within our own region but to universities across the country in the UK France and Germany isn't and, it? and I think that's a key yeah. point that it, it's much broader than just um, a, a company-based network a lot of the engagements that we'd have through our research centres and research community, we'd introduce uh, companies to Horizon 2020 to large funding opportunities that may not they not they may not be aware of, and that has been really beneficial for some companies that they've secured several million euros in funding to help them develop their their product roadmap, and that can be a wonderful opportunity. And also, you know, WIT and IT Carlo are experts at engaging with uh, Horizon 2020. We know how to do it. We understand the process. And that makes it very simple for companies to help them engage in such processes. And presumably there's the whole aspect to broaden it out, as well as I'm building XYZ gizmo and this is where I'm going. The engagement also serves to get you in touch with wider industry trends. And this conference, you have four... Um, uh, different themes of uh, four industries precision agri future health smart energy and manufacturing engineering and design presumably that then gives a window into these are the trends that you need to be working for because there's no point in in sitting at home developing a a, a landline for a phone if the trend is going the complete opposite direction <laughs> absolutely yeah and uh like i mean we're, we're very fortunate this year like i mean we have some of the you know, Irish and international leading experts in these particular areas. And, um, you know, like just sitting and listening to like an ener a trend that's happening in the energy fields that you might be thinking that you are going to do. And next minute someone's saying, you know, be very careful, this is coming down the line or in manufacturing. It just opens up your mind. And uh, what I would say as well is that there'll be those speakers as well, but there's also going to be a lot of experts in the audience as well mm -hmm. that you can actually have coffee with, go up and have a chat. And people are at, at these conferences. They're very, very open. Everyone wants to talk and share and figure out what's actually happening for them. And then you can bring it back into your own world. And I think that's what the, the beauty of Amplitude is. Mm. Ashling, you're... MC in for the day what kind of an overview can you give us for people who are saying yeah I like the sound of what the guys are talking about um, but what's the starting point it's on the 6th of November for a start but yeah. like what can people look forward to so 6th of November in the Lyrath in Kilkenny, so very easy to get to for anyone um, from the region or indeed uh, from, from anywhere else in the country. Um, so there'll be a, a fantastic overview of the different ways that the, the gateways can support enterprises, um, the different ways that we can engage with companies to leverage funding that we have available to us through Horizon 2020 and other funding mechanisms. And then there's going to be a section in the, in the middle of the day where we will 
will split out into those four key areas that, that we've described here and that there will be very um, targeted discussions in those domains. So like you say, identifying the future trends, identifying where it's going, and there will be a really interactive panel discussion at each of those segments. Um, and then we'll be able to again come back. So we've got like the Enterprise Ireland representatives, Science Foundation Ireland. We'll have different um, representative bodies that are going to be um, doing the general um, overview of, of innovation um, facilitation within the, the region. But like that, there's also that opportunity to really dig deep into those specialist areas too. And accessing the funding is a huge part of it, isn't it? And it's a huge Absolutely. part of the, the day because I suppose, James, as you'd attest to, it's it's no point having a world-beating idea if you mm. can't keep the show on the road while you're developing it. But Patrick, um, you know, there are huge pots of funding out there, but it can be a bit daunting for people to try and think of how they're going to approach them on their own. Yeah, John. Yeah, and uh, I suppose that this just goes back to a point that uh, both James said and Ashley, is that, you know, like within both institutions, there's experts that will be able to help you, like whether it's from uh, a Leo grant right up to Horizon 2020. And there's a rake of different funding within, there's funds within funds and calls and everything else. And, you know, and also as well as that, it's a partnership, I would say, between the funding agencies and the institutes of technology. So for argument's sake, like we work very, very closely uh, with the likes of Enterprise Ireland to and the company in getting the right fund for the right job for the right company you know like so that it's just not money for money's sake because that doesn't work for either party so we want to be able to do something that delivers real value to an organization and so the agencies and the institutes they do come together and they really do this for the benefit of the thing i would say on that day if you're thinking about something you've got an idea or you want to make some improvement within your organization you mightn't have the the, the bucks in the back pocket to do it but come in and have a chat there's probably a fund somewhere to actually uh, start you off on that pathway or some form of program that we can assist you with and look it's conversations and a conversation and a cup of coffee is fairly cheap mm. uh, for the start of something that could end up growing your company by significant amounts yeah um, James I was interested to read on your uh, resume the whole thing about the Prince 2 practitioner um, mm. bringing Tell us about that. You know, we mentioned it already about blue sky yeah. thinking, but people can be a bit... A lot of entrepreneurs I come across are, are kind of like very humble about their ideas and they say, oh, I have an idea for this, but it probably wouldn't go anywhere. And then when you put it to somebody like you guys, you're going, geez, that's an absolutely fantastic idea we could do. What would you say to people who think like that or who are a bit reticent or who... Yeah. who so I, I think you're spot on. <clears throat> I think often people have a problem and they come up with a solution to the problem and they think it's obvious. Other people must know the solution. And one of the things we would often do is we just do a bit of due diligence, i.e. just a bit of searching. And we often find that this solution doesn't exist. And one of the things, like Pat was alluding to funding and all these other opportunities, there's a lot of additional services that the institutes can provide. So, for example, we have patent experts, we have legal experts, we have a lot of additional services, entrepreneurial experts. So if you have an idea, and the stumbling block often isn't the, the solution itself, because people often are, it's their baby, they believe it's a wonderful solution. More often than not, people think, how do I get to the next step? How do I take this from a new chainsaw development, a new lawnmower development, a new contact lens development, whatever it might be, how do they take it from there to an actual product? And that's where we can fill all the gaps and we can provide a lot of support. 
And a lot of the time, um, entrepreneurs just need a bit of guiding. So, for example, we have um, a great entrepreneur in the region, uh, Keith McGrory, who had Hightower, which is a painting solution. And Keith, uh, he was from the building. He was a student of ours. He was uh, he knew the building trade. He knew the regulatory environment. He knew that this was a good product. But what he didn't have is how did he take it from there to the next steps? So we supported him in the patenting of the technology. We supported him in where to get the product made, how to get the designs made. But he did it all by himself, just with a little bit of hand-holding, a little bit of support. So there's a great opportunity. As Pat said, tell us what your problem is. Tell us what your solution is. And what you can do is come down and have a workshop with us here or in Carlo, and we'll take you through the process of what needs to happen next. And some of the time, <coughs> sorry, some of the time, what happens is we'll tell you it's not a good idea. And we'll save you an awful lot of time and effort. And we have had cases where... And money. And money, yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. Heartache. Yeah. Heartache. We, we've had a lot of cases where people have come in with brilliant ideas, or a few cases, brilliant ideas, and they say, look, this is something I want to take forward. I've spent this much money getting to this point, and we can show them where the product already exists. And it goes like, you know, you can't take that forward because... Tough love. Exactly, exactly. But that's a good thing, you know, mm. to stop someone spending time, effort and money on something that won't happen in the future. Yeah. And, and just to highlight as well, I mean, it's all walks. Like, I mean, we work from the, a student in college mm. to uh, someone that's retired. Uh, like, we're working with guys that are retired 15, 20 years, well into their 70s and 80s. Mm. And they're innovating. So it's all walks of life. There is no... Like, yeah, I think there's a bit of a kind of a feeling that innovation is sort of confined to Google or, <laughs> you know, Microsoft no. or something. It's not. It's Some not, of the no. biggest innovations are guys in sheds or girls I, in mm-hmm. sheds. I think, I think the, like, you know, people are innovative naturally anyway. And they, sometimes they mightn't think they are themselves, but they are very innovative. And if you have, I just say, look, if you have an idea, if you're thinking of setting up an organization, if you're thinking of, you know, you know, like getting back into the workforce even, like come and actually have a gander and see what's actually happening in the region. You're going to interact with organizations and everything else. And it's just conversations do matter. That's how we share knowledge anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just kind of facetiously talking about people in sheds but when you think of it didn't HP start in a shed mm, didn't not. Apple start in a shed so yeah. sheds of the world uh, <laughs> sheds are uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always say to people don't stay in your shed because if you stay in your shed it will go nowhere you have to get out and talk and the institutes are extremely safe extremely high capacity innovation environments to talk to and what we have in both institutes is we have what's called technology transfer offices and they will help you protect and manage your engagement with others and we have a i suppose a duty of care to ensure that there's no um divulgence of your confidential information so come in and talk to us very confidentially and we can work with you okay so we're going to draw to a close and i'll give all the details at the end about how to register and all that kind of good stuff and we'll have the the um uh, web link at the show notes on the on the podcast but I, i'm going to ask each of you now to give your top tip for people who might be sitting at home listening to this in their cars or whatever they've got an idea but they don't know the first step what should they do ashling well certainly come along and and meet with us you know so even to come to amplitude on the 6th of november you're going to have all of the representatives from both organizations all there on that day so it's a great opportunity like that if you want to talk about patenting to pop into james you know if you want to talk about entrepreneurial development to talk to me if you want to talk about process development to talk to pat you know there's there's going to be everyone there just captive for you so pat i'm running a business i'm 
doing okay, but I have an idea, but I don't have time to actually know how to develop the idea. What's your top tip? What I would say is that, yes, you think you can do it, uh, and, you probably, and you could do it on your own in your, in your company, but there's a world of people that can help you. So regardless of one day, a few hours, we could save you so much time, energy, money, resources that you would be applying individually within your organization. Come in, have a chat, leverage what's there. The government wants to help you. The institutes want to help you. We're, we're here, we're open for business. And to be quite honest, uh, you know, you'll be shocked by the kind of assistance that you will get. And it will, it will blow your, it will actually blow your mind. And just to highlight as well, um, you know, we've all uh, set up companies here as well. We know exactly what it feels like. You're at home, you've got a great idea and everything else. Don't talk about that idea in amongst, I don't mean that, like, just don't keep the idea to your friends and family. Come and have, and it can be a bit daunting at first to take that first step, but that first step will actually lead you to success. James, last word to you. What would you say to the, to the reluctant person with the fantastic idea who doesn't know where to go? Just don't be afraid. I mean, so, so often, uh, I suppose, uh, fear will hold you back. Put it out there and you'll be amazed at how warm and welcoming other people are to help support you develop that idea. Okay, folks, uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, that's our guests here uh, this morning, Ashling O'Neill, uh, James O'Sullivan and Pat Lynch. Thank you all very much and see you at Amplitude 2019 on the 6th of November in Lyrath. And that's where we left our conversation in the first episode of our special Bottom Line podcast on Amplitude 2019, the conference on disruptive innovation being held in the Lyrath Estate Hotel in Kilkenny on November the 6th next. You were listening to Pat Lynch, Director of RICON, James O'Sullivan of the Technology Transfer Office in WIT, and Ashling O'Neill, Manager of Arc Labs. Next week, we're focusing in on two of the key sessions at the Amplitude Conference, Smart Agriculture and Future Health. Here's a flavour. Essentially, there's, there's a, a transformation going on in agriculture at the moment, and it's a digital transformation. And essentially you have topics like precision agriculture, precision livestock farming, where uh, these businesses are trying to use data and use technology in order to allow them to make better decisions. We look at, I suppose, different technologies, even with regards not only the wearable side and how we manage their health statistics, but also from, I suppose, the gait and movement monitoring of a person and, and how we can look at various different technologies that can monitor them and, and improve them over time and, and kind of provide solutions. Um. We have a research centre where we have a lot of fundamental research taking place um, but from an industry point of view um, they, if they want to engage with, with the research centre they come through the technology gateway so I suppose I'm the, the, the point of contact, the, the main point of contact for industry into the research centre, they'll come to me, we'll discuss the type of project they're trying to do, um, we'll try and match that project with an academic or other member of staff who's, uh, who has expertise in that area. Now for more information on Amplitude check out the website www.amplitude.ie. We'll also include some useful web links in the show notes with this podcast, so check them out. Thanks to all of our guests and everyone who helped out with this program. Thanks to Deirdre O'Gorman for TSSG, Deirdre Drummy who produced for KCLR, and to Martin Bridgman and John Kane for sound engineering and editing. I'm John Purcell, thanking you for listening and 
hoping you'll join me again soon. Until then, take care.